So if you've got a marketing agency, any creative agency, systems really do set you free because they create a framework to enable you to repeat tasks without the bottleneck becoming yourself. If you're a creative business owner like me, you probably struggle with tune out and drift away when people start talking about completely rational things like systems, standard operating procedures, processes. But wait, come back to me. It's for this reason exactly that I wanted to bring Den Lenny from Filmmakers Business Academy on the show today. Quite simply, to grow our businesses sustainably, we need to develop systems. And Den is a filmmaker turned business coach who has done just that. So keep listening. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day and welcome back. It's episode 105 of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, and I'm so glad you're here. My name is Ben Amos, your host and founder of Engaged Video Marketing, here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. And I'm struggling with a bit of a head cold today, so hopefully my voice isn't too strange or too weird for you to listen to for this intro. But I had to bring this episode to you today a little bit later than normal in the week because it's got a lot of value in it to share with you and I've already started to implement many of the things that we talk about in this episode within my own business since recording this interview a couple of weeks ago. So my guest today is Den Lenny. Now Den first got into internet marketing back in 2004 when he spent some time learning from the legendary copywriter Dan Kennedy and from there he was hooked. Now, in his Filmmakers Business Academy, he helps video production business owners work to their strengths, create consistent income, and overcome procrastination and attract clients who value them and pay them their true market value. Now, that sounds pretty good, right? Now, importantly, Den doesn't teach anything that he hasn't already tested himself. And he's been doing this over the last 10 years. So there's a lot of wealth of knowledge that we're going to tap into in this interview today. Now, Den's clients have called him a cross between Tony Robbins and the Gordon Ramsay of filmmaking, both of which he takes as a compliment. Now, prior to getting into business, Den filmed on tour with Robbie Williams and Duran Duran, as well as having a 20 year career in TV as a cameraman all around the world. In 2009, he sold thousands of training DVDs to filmmakers on how to use cameras and has since authored four marketing books specifically for filmmakers. So if you haven't heard about Den Lenny before, you're in for a bit of a treat. He now runs a successful mastermind of global video makers, the Video Business Accelerator, which we'll talk about a little further in this show too. But don't drift away on me here because today's episode was a real kick out the pants for me as we work here in my own business to build better systems and begin to scale my team. And depending on where you're at in your business right now, I know you'll take away some of your own to-do list from this interview. So whether you're a one-man band currently doing everything yourself in your business or you've scaled to a team of many, there's always room to build and develop better systems. And Den is going to share all about this and so much more. So... Let's get on with the show. 
Right, Dan Lenny, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Pleasure to be here. It is. It's great. It's great to have you here. And we were fortunate enough to catch up for a coffee here on the beautiful Sunshine Coast, because despite your accent, which is clearly not Australian, you are now living on the beautiful Sunshine Coast, just a little bit up the road from me. So welcome to Australia. You've been here for a while. I'm going to uh, ask you before we get into the conversation today to tell us a bit about your story and what led you here to Australia, but also in the work you do in the world of video. Well, thank you, Ben. Yes, I am fortunate enough to call the Sunshine Coast home and the clue in the title. Um, coming from Scotland, sunshine was in scarce supply growing up. And when I was 23, uh, about 25 years ago, I came to Australia backpacking and discovered Queensland and fell in love with it. And it, it got me um, really, really deeply in my heart and uh, went back, finished my degree and had a career in film and television in the UK but always longed to come back to Australia, visited five or six times, fell in love with it. And yeah, it entirely um, got to a point where I, I just had to come and live here. And we have lucky my wife and I have been here for four years now and we absolutely adore it. Um, and it's so much so when I, when I sort of retired from my, from my broadcast television career through injury, um, I, I set up F-Stop Academy in 2009 with the sole intention of building a business that would become location independent. And by providing training uh, online, it was with the view of having the opportunity to come and live in Australia, but have a business that I could take with me. And that's where we are today. And so, yeah, in 2009, we started F-Stop Academy, um, making DVDs on how to shoot with DSLRs, um, and then spent a number of years working with a lot of, sort of Vogue bloggers of the day, making different trainings, and then um, about four years ago, I realized that with all of the um, new volume of, of new creatives on the block, no one knew how to kind of make money from it. And so I wrote a book called Business for Filmmakers. And off the back of that, really got into this business coaching space, helping creatives and specifically video production companies scale and accelerate their business growth. Awesome. And so that's the core of what you do today. Can you fill us in a bit more about what the Filmmakers Business Academy is? Yeah. So, so we, we sort of migrated the name from F-Stop Academy to Filmmakers Business Academy to make it more kind of appropriate. And we have, a, we, have a, we have one product. It's called the Video Business Accelerator, and it's a video business coaching mastermind um, for established video production companies. We, we don't tend to work with startups. We tend to work with established companies who already have clients but we help them to accelerate the process of scale. You know, you get to a point as a one-man band where you can only go so far, your revenue hits a ceiling. And that's because you're doing everything yourself. And the biggest fear I think we all have as, as you know, recovering freelancers is, I don't want to hire staff because what, what am I going to get them to do? And they're going to be asking me every five minutes, you know, what do I do? And that's what got me into this whole idea of systemization. And I've got to, got to mention Dave Jennings here from System Hub because I, I, I invested in Dave's software and it's, it's not very expensive, but it's a systemization software. And he really helped me to understand the power of systems in any business, but especially in, in this. And actually Dave and I ended up, you know, as, as you do in these, these, these environments, we ended up becoming good friends. We actually held an event in Melbourne at the beginning of the year called Systemology for Videographers. 
And, um, and we really mapped out how you can systemize a video production business, but actually it works in any kind of business. If you've got a marketing agency, any creative agency, systems really do set you free because they create a framework to enable you to repeat tasks without the bottleneck becoming yourself. Cool. So, and that's where I want to take this conversation today, because before we get into really, you know, diving deep into how systemizing a business in this way can help a business be more productive and grow, let's talk about the problem really that exists and that you see. And I can reflect on my own experiences here as well. I started my business as a, basically as a freelancer, as a one-man band. Um, so 12 years ago now, I'm trying to remember how long ago, but, and it was for the first four years, uh, it was, it was just me and I was doing everything and it was literally time for money, right? That was, it was not scalable. However much I, time I could put in was what I could get back out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I got, I got to a point where basically I, I felt I needed to have people come and help me and, and needed to have staff. And so when you, when you see business owners, whether they be video business owners or other business owners getting to that tipping point of needing to hire their first people within their team, what, what do you see as the biggest fear that prevents people from doing that? Cause I know I probably should have done that 12 months before I actually did. It's a great question, Ben. And, 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 and it's fear, you know, we, we all, we all intrinsically have a, in an element of lack mindset in our, in our being. And when we're a freelance, we are, we are just conditioned to the feast and famine. We're conditioned. If we don't say yes to every job that comes in, then we're not going to be able to feed our families. Um, and, and, and the fear comes from you, you, you build up a business and you get a reputation because you're really good at doing one thing. And it might be just, you know, you're a great shooter. You might be a great marketer. You might be a great pay-per-click expert. You might be a great anything. What happens is, is you get known for that one thing. But then as a business grows, you know, someone's got to do the invoicing. Someone's got to build a website. Someone's got to do the marketing. And, and it becomes this cycle of, and you, for so long as a freelancer, you get to a point, and I'd say it's about, about $400,000. You can, you can one man, one man band and one person company can probably generate $400,000 solo, but you will be working 80 to hundred hours a week. You'll be exhausted. You'll be, you'll be nervous to sub, to subcontract anything because that means you're making less margin. You're worried if you charge more, the clients won't use you anymore and so on and so on. Um, so it takes a mindset shift and, and, you know, I've done a lot of work on myself internally, you know, owning my, owning my stuff. Uh, and that came from a book called Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, which is a terrific read. He's a former Navy SEAL and he talks about leadership in a life and death situation, it, which was, you know, in Afghanistan as a Navy SEAL. But so much of his writing is about how we must own everything that happens in our lives. And take and take full ownership of it. Now, when you start to take full ownership of that, you understand that you simply cannot scale a business alone. You know, business is a team sport. In the same way that um, you know, video production is a team sport, marketing is a team sport. You cannot do everything yourself. If you do, you'll hit a ceiling. And it happened in my business where I was doing, I don't know, probably three hundred thousand pounds a year in the UK every single year, hitting a ceiling within about ten grand. And it happened three years in a row. And I'm like, right, what's the problem here? Well, it's me. I'm the issue. I'm the bottleneck. So I think in, in the first step, 
um, we become the bottleneck in our own business because we keep everything in our heads. We know how to do everything. We kind of have a system of sorts, but we've not written it down. And when you start to employ people, I mean, I've done it a couple of times and failed because I had no systems. I had no process. And I would end up driving by instructions. And the first person I worked with was my wife. And it nearly destroyed our relationship because she'd just say to me, you can't just drive by and instruction me. You've got to explain what you want. And of course, as a creative, I wasn't very good at articulating what I want. Uh, as, a, as a kind of business owner, as someone who loves business, I was always flying around lots of ideas, reading lots of books and wanting to implement stuff quickly. Um, but I had, I had no patience for explaining to the team how we were going to achieve that. My wife is actually a brilliant manager it's ta it taking the crazy idea and then mapping it out. And that's how we got to start thinking more about maybe I need to explain the process of what we're trying to achieve here in, in a simplified way and then trust the team to execute, not micromanage. Awesome. I think what I'm hearing you say, it just resonates so, so closely with me because, and I'd probably for many of our listeners as well, because as creatives, I think we are, as you say, they're kind of thinking about the bigger picture and, and wanting to implement things quickly and not getting bogged down in the, in the nitty gritty and the weeds and the, uh, the ins and outs and the workings of things. And also I think, you know, one of the things that, that I really struggled with and probably still do continue to struggle with is the idea of, if you know how to do something, something that comes easily to you, you're like, or, you know, even if it's not something you love to do, but you know how to do it, it sometimes feels quicker and easier just to do it yourself, right? Rather than to train someone or to write a system to, in order to, to get someone else to do it. So what would you say to people who are pushing back on the idea of systemizing things that, that they can do themselves? I'm sort of smiling inside because that's exactly, the, you know, I'm a recovering, you know, compulsive, obsessive, you know, control freak. Yeah. And, um, and, 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 and you're absolutely right. You know, in, in most cases, you know, take, um, take any task that you're good at. The chances are you could probably do something in 10 minutes. If you did it yourself, it might take, like I work with a virtual team. It might take my virtual assistant an hour to do what I can do in 10 minutes. And there's a part of you that goes, well, you know, what's the point in paying this person for an hour if they're going to take, you know, literally, you know, you know, six times as long to do something. But the thing is, they won't always take six times as long to do something. So, for example, we made a bunch of videos online recently and, um, and I'd record them quite quickly and my virtual assistant would do all the post-production now it would take him sometimes two or three days to edit five videos. I could probably do that in about an hour and a half. But here's the thing that shifts. It only took him three days for the first month. Then he could do it in a day and a half. And by the end, he was doing five videos in a day. And that means that I'm, 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 I'm scaling my, myself out of the business. So yes, I could do something in 10 minutes. But if I add that up, it's like another classic one is, is, is receipts. You know, we, we all have to deal with receipts as small business owners. So whatever you spend in your business, be it coming on email, be it a petrol receipt, you got a wallet full of receipts. As a freelancer back in the day, they'd all just sit in a shoebox, and then come tax time, I'd literally spend two days, pile these receipts on the floor 
and work through them all to put them into some sort of order to give them to my accountant. Now I use a great app called Receipt Bank, photograph the receipt, up it goes. I've taken it a stage further. I now don't handle my receipts at all. Now, even though it might take me 10 minutes to process a receipt, if I do two receipts a day, five days a week, well, that's 20 minutes a day, five days a week. That's 40, whatever that, whatever that is. My maths is terrible, <laughs> but it's a couple of hours. Um, by training team to do the tasks you don't want to do, they will ultimately become much more efficient at it. And, and every time you free yourself up from non, non-high-value tasks, um, you know, so, so, for example, let's just say you're worth $100 an hour the business. So, so every day you, you, anything you do should be worth hundred dollars. If you're doing anything that is valued at less than hundred dollars an hour, you should pass it on to someone else because you want to be spending your optimum time on high value, high leverage tasks. So it might be, you might be brilliant at sales. So every hour you spend selling your products and services generates income, which generates cash and cash is the oxygen that fuels your business. If you spend one hour of that day dealing with receipts, uploading a video, you know, checking, checking email, anything that could be done by a $10 an hour person or a $20 an hour person, you're not leveraging your time effectively. And what we really want to be doing in business is making the maximum amount of, of value for our clients and the maximum amount of profit with the least amount of input. And that, that's, that to me is, is the nirvana. I think that's such an important concept for business owners to get their head around. And it's, I think for so many, and I, I, I've done this myself, you get really stubborn about this idea of thinking of staff or, or, or the cost of hiring people as being an expense rather than in, in an investment in your time. You know, like I, I think the simple kind of calculations to do is if, if you want to earn $100,000 in a year with 2,000 effective working hours in a year, and that's working eight hours a day for all the working days available to you in a year, you know, that's a minimum to get to $100,000 is $50 an hour. So, you know, why are you doing tasks that you can pay someone much less than $50 an hour to do? And uh, yeah, I mean, it's still something that I struggle with, but that's the leverage, right, in, in building a team. Exactly right. And, and, you know, we all struggle with it. Like we're all recovering control freaks. It's hard to let go because our businesses are babies. You know, no one, no one has worked harder on your business, Ben, than you. No one's put more into my business than me. It, it, I live it. I breathe it. Everything that happens is a direct result of my brute force, determination, vision. But that will also kill you because you know, you just can't, you can't build, I love the analogy. Um, you know, a freelancer is like a handyman or a handywoman who decides to build their own house. So they dig the trenches, they pour their own concrete and um, they put the posts in, they start to build the house and they learn electrics, they learn plumbing, they learn flooring, they learn tiling, and they do everything themselves. It takes them 10 years to build the house, but they've done it cheap well, in some regards, they've done it cheap. They've, they've, not, they've not paid anyone else to do it. So in their mind, they've saved a load of money. They've also invested 10,000 hours of their own time, you know, probably doing it very inefficiently. What happens is someone sees the house and goes, oh, I love that house. Would you build me one? And he's like, hey, sure, yeah. 
Um, but it's going to take 10 years and it's, you know, it will only cost you a hundred thousand dollars, but it'll take 10 years. And they're like, well, you know, can I, can I have it like in six months in order to build it in six months, you need to start going, well, I'll, 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 ex- I'll, I'll hire an excavation company. I'll hire the concrete company. So it comes pre-poured. I'll get tradies in to build the timber frame. I'll get a tiler in, I'll get a, pl- a plumber in and I'll get, um, you know, a flooring person in and I'll project manage it and I'll make less money. But if I made $20,000 on that $100,000 home, I could actually build five more homes and I could be like the project manager. And so I, I see business development and business growth as an individual, as migrating from that one man band who's doing everything themselves to thinking, if I could leverage other people to do the work, I won't be as tired. And maybe I could have a day off now and again, because I, I think ultimately what, what we want to do in businesses is, is in Australia here for, for certain is, is earn a, a nice income and be able to invest some of that money for the future of our, our kids or our, our, our retirement, buy a nice house, live in a nice place, have some free time and choose to maybe work three or four days a week if we wish. Otherwise, like if you're working five days a week, 80 hours a week and, and pulling in a hundred grand a year, you, you'd be better off getting a job. So if you don't start to think in terms of scale, in terms of how can I leverage what we're good at and what kind of support can I get to help me? And therefore, what do we need to charge our clients and which kind of clients do we need to go after to make this all a reality? And that to me is where the, the overriding sort of notion of systems and processes actually becomes your leverage point. Love it. So let's talk to those not yet recovering control freaks out there, the people who are listening to this and going, that's me, that's me, I really need to do something about this. Where do we start? Where would you recommend that people start to systemize if they haven't yet got a team or they're at the early stages of working with team? Where do, where do we start? So it's a great question. And, and it starts with the creative process I'm pleased to share. And that is, um, there's a piece of software called draw.io and draw.io is a free bit of software where you can actually draw process maps. And, and I want to caveat this with, you know, as a creative, I used to be stubbornly against spreadsheets, process maps, systems. It's all, it's not creative, you know, I'm not doing it, but structure and discipline actually sets you free. So, so stick with me folks. So what I like about draw.io is actually take it a stage further. I have a whiteboard in my office. I start by drawing out the map on my whiteboard. So um, this is something coined by Dave Jennings. It's called critical client flow. And I want you to draw the, the most significant stages of your business or client's journey. So it starts with leads, you know, or inquiries. Then you move on to sales. Cause once you get inquiries and leads, you want to convert those people into customers. Then you've got a customer onboarding process. Then you've got the production or the delivery of the outcome, the promised outcome. Then you want to look at perhaps what other services can you offer? What can you upsell? How can you add more value to that client's journey? And then you've got an offboarding process. That's your critical client flow. Largely for most businesses, it's the same. Um, Then what you do is you take each one in turn. So let's let's take marketing, for example. And then you you would expand that out and say, okay, well, let's put marketing at the top. And, and what's, what's the most important thing? Well, uh, we've got marketing channels. So you might have Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, pay-per-click, Google ads, banner ads, you know, all the different channels for marketing. 
um, SEO, direct mail, um, email marketing, PR, um, you know, authority content. And you go, well, okay, there's my various subdivisions. What needs to happen next? Well, let's just take um, Facebook advertising. So before you run any ads, you want to make sure you've got real clarity of your target market. Who is your customer avatar? Have you detailed that person in a document that's probably five or 10 pages long, really digging into who that person is, what are their wants, what are their needs, what are their fears, anxieties, you know, who are they specifically? Then you go into Facebook and go, okay, well, what is, what's my offer going to be? So I've got a target market. What am I offering them? What is unique about my product or service that they haven't seen before or will resonate directly with that market? And then message. What is the message I'm going to communicate? So you've got target, offer, message. That's a system, target, offer, message. Then you can go into your Facebook ad account and start saying, okay, well, I want to target um, women in who are between 25 and 35 who live in Brisbane. Um, um, my message is I'm offering, I don't know, let's just say um, it's a hairdressing salon. And and they're looking for women of a certain age with, with, with brunette hair because they've got an offer for the month of August, which is, hey, get, get your hair colored and dyed in August for 50% off. That's your offer. And then the message might be, well, are they going to deliver that via video? Are they going to deliver that via still images? Is it going to be a carousel? Is it going to be, what kind of copy are you going to use? What is, what is the mechanism? Is it send a message? Is it direct to a landing page? Is it direct with a voucher? So it, it, it cascades down. And at every stage of the client's journey, there are a an absolute, uh, almost infinite number of directions or rabbit warrens you can go down. And so when you think about a new employee coming into the business and you say, hey, you just set me up some Facebook ads, they're going to come back to you with millions of questions, well, millions of exaggeration, but a lot of questions. And you're going to be sitting there, Ben, saying, can I just hire this person? I'm paying them 60 grand a year. And they're asking me all these questions like, no, now it's even more complex because I could have done that myself in five minutes, but I'm paying someone and they're asking me all these questions. But here's the interesting thing. If you haven't created a map of what you want them to do, they are going to have lots of questions. So if you set up a flow chart of what steps you want to take, they have an idea of a roadmap. It's like GPS of where to get to. And then you get the team member to fill in the gaps. So if if you get to a point where it's like, okay, set up a Facebook ad. Well, if you've employed someone who's got Facebook ad experience, they know how to go into an ad account. They know how to set up a campaign. They know how to set up an ad set. They know how to do the targeting. They know how to set up the, um, the ads themselves. So if you were to build the overall process map that says, okay, here's your critical client flow, marketing, and you drop down, it's like, okay, Facebook marketing, drop down and you say, um, create, create target, create offer, create message, go and create Facebook ads. You can then delegate the actual detail parts of that process to the team member and ask them to use something like Loom, which is a, a free online video recording software, fantastic bit of software. Create videos that walk through the process and then break down each process line by line. And we use Asana and we use System Hub in combination with a draw.io process map. The process map turns into an Asana project. The Asana project then links directly to each individual line of the system inside of System Hub. And that is how we create systems. But the best part is the only bit I do 
is map it out. So as the business owner, I map it out. I then delegate the rest to the team. And that's the way that you not only build systems for your business, which makes your business more valuable, but it gets the team owning the system and therefore they feel really connected to it. And it becomes their system, not you telling them what to do. Love it. So just to play devil's advocate here, um, if you were to do that as the business owner, to you map out the critical client flow and then to, to basically branch down into all of those different branches of the systems that potentially need to be in your business, I can see that it would very quickly become large and overwhelming. So where do you, like which areas of your business do you feel that people should be focusing on first? Or how do you, how do you even decide in your business which areas to kind of create systems for first or do you do you plan to just sit down and try and map out the whole thing first no it's a great question a really really important one um i'd start with the critical client flow map out the flow of your business and then think about where are your current bottlenecks where are the bottlenecks in the business right now where 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 are you finding yourself spending the most time one of the things you can do which i recommend everyone does is download um rescue time Rescue Time, again, has a, has a free app that will track how you are spending your time. It, it works across your phones, your iPads, your tablets, and your computers. And it literally tracks and gives you a report each week of how you are spending your time. It's quite terrifying because even the most productive person is spending way more time on Facebook than they, than they realize. I, um, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not afraid to admit this, but I... One day, a couple of weeks ago, spent, picked up my phone 69 times in one day, 69 times. And, and I didn't think I was a big addict to, to social media, but clearly I'm, I'm, you know, denying myself the truth. So, so rescue time will give you a good idea of how you're spending your time. It will also show you where you're spending your time. So if you're spending, for example, time in Canva, making your own graphics, that's a $20 an hour task. That's not something you should do. So I'm, I'm speaking at an event next week in Brisbane with, with Ben Simkin. And um, I, I wanted to kind of tart up one of my keynote presentations. And so it's 60 odd slides. I could go through and do that myself. Instead, I went on to Fiverr. I checked in with my usual designer. And for $45, he's doing it all for me, brand aligned. So... That, that's a good use of time for me and, and something that I may, would, may perhaps not have done in the past. I, I was definitely the guy who was like, I'll just do it. It'll take me five minutes. I'll save the 50 bucks. So yeah, I, I would look at where you're struggling or where, where the biggest bottleneck is um, in your business. Um, for, for the clients we work with, we tend to look at um, the client onboarding process. So once the sale has been made, what happens next? And in most video production companies, and I think this would probably extend to creative agencies, is that, you know, we're quite, we're quite sort of um, fragile creative individuals because we're, we're emp empathic and, and we, we love to do a great job for our clients. And we generally don't like talking about money and the, the money thing's all a bit uncomfortable. So what I suggest is, um, and a great little hack here, and I used to do this in my business when it was just me, um, when it came to anything to do with accounts, I actually Googled strong female names, okay? And Valerie came up. 
Right. And so in the first year of F-Stop Academy, if anyone got any communication from accounts, it was from Valerie in accounts. And so we actually got an email address set up and we we created this 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 fictitious accounts person called Valerie who chased invoices. And um and so what we do with this this first part of the process is we go client handover. So once a client's agreed a project, Valerie in accounts sets out what's going to happen next, which is usually we're going to bill you 50% up front. We'll send you an email via Xero. And, and once you've received that, once it's paid, we'll then start production. So just that one small part of the, the process removes a lot of the anxiety around getting paid. No creative wants to start a project without being paid, but I would argue the majority end up doing the majority of the work before seeing a penny. And, and even more terrifying is they hand over the assets at the end of a job before they've even sent an invoice. And so this process, for example, what it does is, and I'm happy to share this with you, with you, with your listeners, if you can find a way to download it. It's like a critical sort of flow from once the client has uh, accepted the job, the invoice gets sent. Once the invoice gets paid, then the production process starts. The creative process starts then. Then it's all creative. Then it, once, once that's done, and that's all like pre-production, once that's been signed off by the client, it goes into production, then into post-production. We have that all mapped out as well. And then once the client signed off the final film or the final project, we will send the um, the draft with a watermark over it saying, yeah, sign this, sign this off. And once you sign it off, next steps are, we will send this to Valerie in accounts. She will issue the final invoice. And once that's paid, we will release the final masters, the final project. And that that's just one example of removing some of this, the discomfort around finances and separating finances and creative. And what we found is that really helps the creative business owner focus on what they're good at nice. and let Valerie and accounts handle everything else. I think that's really valuable because simply by mapping it out and understanding the different areas of your business and the systems within those, even before you've employed someone to take over that system, you're seeing it as a as a virtual employee, basically, or in this case, imaginary Valerie, which is all fine until they ring up and want to speak to Valerie and accounts on the phone. And then she's always sick or something, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I mean, that, that never happened. So we, we didn't really worry about <laughs> it. Fair enough. Um, yeah, but I love that. I think there's her. a lot that we can, we can gain from that because then, then you're treating that even though you're potentially still doing the work, you're treating that as a system that, you know, has its process as if an employee is doing that. And then, you know, you can easily scale to a point where you can just plug an employee into that and, uh, and it should be smooth sailing. So I think that's really valuable. Exactly right. And, and the cool thing about, um, and, and it sounds like I'm plugging system hub. I kind of am cause it's just changed my life. The thing with system hub is that, um, in, 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 in the, we've done a kind of arrangement with Dave, whereby we, we actually kind of can, can, can provide a link to systems hub. We get a small commission when we do that, but what we've done with that is we've invested in giving systems that are pre-done to those clients. So we have an entire system for video production, for example, which could easily be, um, marred into matched into agency. In fact, Dave runs Melbourne SEO services used to run Melbourne video production, just sold it recently. Um, but a lot of the systems are already in there. And so, for example, there are 10 emails as part of that process that can literally be lifted, modified for your business and sent. 
And that means that every single time a new client journey happens, we can simply duplicate the process in Asana, assign that a job number and a client, and then whoever is involved in that process, it could be an outsourced support person who's part-time, doesn't have to do any thinking. You don't have someone interpreting their version of how an email should sound and look. There's actually an email template in there that's done that you just literally lift. And so the whole thing becomes a plug and play. But what's really nice is you can write the emails to be in your tone. You can write them to be quite friendly. They don't have to be kind of stiff. It's not like a, a rigid system. You can you can just create your voice and then have someone send those emails uh, in, in, in for, you know, signed from them. It's a really efficient way to create consistency. And what clients want is predictability and consistently consistency. And so by you being systemized, you give your clients by default better service more consistently. And I think what I'm getting from that as well is by having those systems that are detailed right down to, you know, how the tone and the communication is handled for those business owners who, who want to maintain that control, that's effectively what you're doing because there's there's not decisions being made by by employees or staff uh, that your you that you haven't planned for you know um ideally so i can i can see that's really valuable to to help feel that you're still in control of what's the output from your business is absolutely and and just think about this think how long it takes you let's just say someone is late paying an invoice and it's it's a week overdue um do you call them do you drop them a little line, say, hey, Ben, just uh, hope you're okay. Just notice this emails, this, this invoice is seven days overdue. Please let me know an ETA for payment. Another week goes by, hey, Ben, uh, just notice this is now two weeks overdue. Is everything okay? Getting a bit concerned, there's been no communication. And please pay by the end of today. Suddenly, three weeks overdue. Hey, Ben, notice this is now three weeks overdue. Look, I really don't want to do this, but um, it seems like you're ignoring our emails. And um, the next stage, and I really don't want to do this, is to pass this to a collections agency. I'd love to avoid that and blah, blah, blah. Um, four weeks overdue. Right, Ben. Hi, it's me again. Like the time it takes to write those emails and the emotional journey you go on, because as creatives, we find it very difficult to separate emotion from that process because we've worked hard, probably put extra hours into a project. We've done what we think is a great job. We deliver the project. And then the client doesn't pay you. You, you. It's very hard not to take that personally. And most business coaches will go, ah, just don't worry about it. It's business. Don't get emotional. But I think that as creators, we have no choice but to reserve some emotion in there because it's what makes us empathic. It's how we're able to tell stories. And so it can be very challenging. So we can remove that entire process by writing one set of emails. And the great thing about System Hub is they've actually written them already. And I find those kind of emails the hardest to write and they've written them beautifully and they're there already in the program. And it's like, wow, you can just lift them out and use them and hopefully never have to use them. And what I'd say is when you have this policy of laying out from the outset, how the payment process is going to work before a deal is done, no one gets any surprises. And by the end of, by the end of the um, process, you know, um, no one can say, oh, we didn't know. And I love, there's a great little story. Um, that I forget where I got this from, but I, I'll try and sort of rephrase it. And it's essentially, if we were doing business together, Ben, and you were a multinational corporation, 
and I had a small production company or a small agency. We started doing some work together. I'd be like, you know, we'd have coffee and I'd say, Ben, we're really looking forward to working with you. Now we are a small agency, but that means we're very nimble. It means we'll, we'll absolutely deliver you a phenomenal product. We'll have all the team working on it for the duration that we've agreed. And um, we'll give you an amazing product. Now I just ask one thing because we're a small company and we have a small team and we work with freelancers, we're not a bank. We, we don't, we're not in a position to bankroll this production until you pay us in 60 days time. So would it be cool if you can arrange for us to get 50% upfront and 50% on delivery? That's our only request. And um, because I hope you understand that you know, we need to not be worrying about money when we're doing the creative on your project. Is that cool? And then they go, yeah, sweet. And it's like, okay, cool. Um, Valerie and accounts will send through the paperwork. And you just, you know, you, you, you as the business owner can have that frank conversation, but in a way that no one feels bad. And if someone understands that you've got, you know, a team to feed and that you're not a big company, you know, presumably there's a, a value to working with a smaller company because you, you are much quicker to respond, much more nimble. And I think provide higher value than just plugging into a larger company. And so I find that that process if you can build the confidence to ask that question and address that issue up front, the systems will then follow on and give the consistency that you've, uh, that you've lined up. Yeah, I think that's really good. I really like the way you, you positioned and framed that as well. So just to, just to wrap up here, um, I'd like to just dive into a bit of a list, if you can, of, of some, some, some of your favorite tools. You've mentioned Systems Hub. Um, quite a few times. So we'll definitely include a link and we will include uh, your link as well uh, in the show notes page here, Den. So to people who want to check out Systems Hub. Um, you also mentioned Asana a couple of times. So what are your, what are your favorite go-to tools for, for getting these systems created? I'd say, I'd say, I'd say draw.io, um, Asana, uh, System Hub for systems, and then Slack for team communication. We used to use Facebook Messenger and it got very messy. And then, then we used Google Live Chat, uh, Instant Chat for a while. And then we got onto Slack. And the great thing about Slack is that you can have different Slack channels for different projects and everything's just in one place. And um, Asana, we use the free version. System Hub, we, we, we use the paid version, but it's like a hundred bucks a month. Um, we, uh, we use Asana, the free version. We use Slack, the free version. Draw.io is free. Um, Loom is great. That's free as well. Although I have the pro version, which is like 10 bucks a month. Um, I just feel like it's such a great product. I just, I wanted to give them some money, you know, it's like, please, this is so good. I don't want this to stop. Take my money. Um, and, uh, and Loom is a, is a, is a cloud-based screen recording app. And for any of us that have done any sort of online course training, and I know you have been, and, um, you know, screen recording used to be this quite painful process where you download an expensive app, you'd record the screen, you'd select the area, and then it would take, you know, an hour to transcode the file. Then you'd upload the file to Dropbox or Google or Vimeo or wherever. Loom is literally press record, it off you go. And as soon as it's finished, there's a link and you can put that link in a spreadsheet and give that to your, your virtual assistant or your team to deal with. It's, it's phenomenal. Uh, other tools that I use, um, uh, Active Campaign, I find very, very useful. Uh, I used to have um, Pipe Drive, but actually Active Campaign does that very well. Active Campaign, very, very powerful software for a CRM uh, and email marketing and actually for a sales tracker. 
Um, those are probably the, the core pieces of software that I use on a daily basis. Um, Evernote, I've been using Evernote for about 10 years, um, and I find that very, very powerful as well. Um, those are probably my go-to tools for, for day-to-day. Cool. Some awesome things for people to check out as well, and we'll cl- include uh, links to those tools in the show notes page as well, and I'll share the link to the show notes uh, after we wrap up the conversation here with Den. But just to just to finish up here, Den, where can people find about find out more about you, follow you, connect with you, learn what you've got going on? Sure. Um, best thing to do is go to videobusinessaccelerator.com. Um, we have a podcast there, which I'm hoping you'll be a guest on shortly. And, um, and also we have all the links to various social media channels from there. So videobusinessaccelerator.com and you can find out as much as you need to just from that link. Fantastic. Hey, Dan, thanks for joining me on the show today. It's certainly, well, it's given me a, a list of things that I need to do better as well. So thanks for the kick up the pants. Um, hopefully uh, next time we talk, I'll be able to report back to you and say that I've, I've taken action on some of these things as well. So appreciate you and appreciate your insight into, into systemizing businesses. It's been a really good chat. My pleasure. Thanks again to Den Lenny for joining me on the show today and providing me with the motivation I needed to start to make some changes in my own business. So what about you? Is it time to make some process changes or systemize a few things better in your business? Drop me a DM on Insta and let me know what action you're taking after listening to this show. You can find me at engage underscore Ben. Now, all the links to the many apps and resources and other things shared in this episode, you'll find over at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 105. So head on over and be sure to connect with Den further and let him know that you listened to this episode. Hey, have you subscribed yet? Let me tell you, next week on the show is a guest which you will not want to miss as I'm joined by Michael Stelsner, founder of Social Media Examiner and the awesome Social Media Marketing World Conference, which I attended earlier this year. And Mike's going to share with us a sneak peek insight into some massive changes that they're implementing right now with the Social Media Examiner video strategy. And there's some massive insights for us to learn from this too, so you won't want to miss this one. So hit that subscribe button and tune back in next week for another episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Bye for now. Hey, Ben here. I just want to take a moment to help you out with something. If you, like many of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast listeners, are looking for ways to do video for your business better, then keep listening. I've put together a free Foundations video course designed to help you better understand the fundamentals of effective online video strategy for your brand or business. The three-part video series will step you through the roadmap to ensuring you know what videos to make and why, so you can get started the right way with video for your business. To jump in right now for free, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com foundations. I can't wait to see you there.